Hey there, and welcome to episode 33 of the Power of Practice podcast. What to expect in an anxiety resolution program, part one. Welcome to the Power of Practice podcast with Matthew Tweedy. Discover how to leverage the potential of your unconscious mind so you can create an abundant and empowered existence. Here's your host, Matthew Tweedy. Hello and welcome. This episode is all about what to expect in the context of a program. Working with me to resolve anxiety. Now, why would you want to resolve anxiety? Sounds like a pretty obvious answer. You might jump to conclusions. It is not immediately obvious for everyone why they would want to resolve it. Often I hear clients tell me that they find it extremely difficult to go out and just live the life they want. I hear phrases like, it's taking over my whole being. It's affecting my relationships, my marriage. I don't even want to walk down the street. I can't go shopping or do basic things without feeling like I'm in panic. I work myself up so much. My heart's racing or there are times I just find it hard to breathe. Other people tell me they have no confidence low self-worth, feeling embarrassed all the time or feeling as if others are judging them. And I'm just not coping or I feel overwhelmed all the time. I'm not in charge of my life. And I've become really withdrawn. I don't see friends or get out and enjoy life the way I once used to. So that's a decent list of the why you would want to be free of this problem, to resolve it, to get rid of it, to make it disappear. And you certainly can. I guess I'm going to be doing a series of episodes similar in nature to really put people's minds at ease that are perhaps on the fence, aren't sure, or just feel they really need to get a better understanding. I think a lot of the times if I have a, an initial phone consult with clients and we're chatting away and they ask me a question that's interesting. They ask me, you know, what is it exactly you're going to do uh, in 
the process. And I, I guess I, I'd often answer that that's actually challenging unless I taught you how, uh, trained you as a practitioner, which is certainly one answer and, and an answer that maybe I was getting stuck on for a while. And then I, I had a bright idea and thought, hey, maybe if I uh, dedicated a bit of time to creating some podcasts that gave an understanding not necessarily on the level of practitioner level where you're a, you know, certified in hypnosis and NLP and you can help others make these kind of transformations, which certainly you can and I can help you with that. But, you know, what if um, I gave you a bird's eye view that could put your mind at ease and give you a lot of clarity about what it is we will be doing together? I guess I'll start off by saying, working with me i'm not doing anything to you and um, we'll be working together it's a do with process but i'm not doing anything to you and again that might sound funny or strange for me to say that but then again my famous line hollywood has not done us any favors when it comes to hypnosis and a lot of people don't know what nlp is so when i make the statement, I'm not going to be doing anything to you. This is really designed to help you get that clarity of the tone, the ethos of the process and a program that we would engage in. And I might even use this time and time again because it'll really help it's a common part of my pre-talk the kind of chat that we have prior to doing any type of formal trance work formal hypnotic work and that is that essentially hypnosis is a do with process not a do to process and Technically, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Think of me as a tour guide of the mind. Because I'm not doing anything to you. So it's as if you are in the driver's seat of the car or the tour bus of your mind. And I'm in the passenger seat. I just happen to have the map to your desired destination, which happens to be your solution to the problem. So it's up to you to follow my instructions and directions as if they're just suggestions from yourself to yourself. And if you're happy to do that, then you can expect to create a phenomenal result and a phenomenal transformation. I think that is a great segue into what I want to talk about first in the process and the structure of a program. And that is a detailed personal history. So let's speak about the context of anxiety. And, and what is a detailed personal history? You know, working with clients, 
we typically work in an eight hour program to resolve this kind of a problem, give or take, but that seems to be the around about the magic number to be able to get the results as far as the work we're doing together. There's certainly work outside of the room for you as a client to do. And yet uh, the one-on-one -on -one work around about that eight hours. Now that first portion of a program, the first quarter, the first couple of hours is what we call a detailed personal history. And I often refer to this as a snapshot of where you are now inside the problem state. This is getting to know you, the problem itself, how you do the problem, how you're running all of the programs of the mind, and also what context you do the problem in. When do you do it? When do you not do it? What are the major triggers? When did it all start? What have you done about resolving it so far? Can you remember the first time? It happened. What were all the emotions experienced? Now, probably nice to mention at this stage, there's going to be certain things that you do remember and a lot of things that you don't. They will be unconscious. Guess what? That's fine. Absolutely fine. I don't expect you in the context of a program to remember everything about it, the first time that is. It's just about getting the best record we can and finding out what you're aware of with emotional targets because it's the emotion that drives the problem. So we really want to work out what's fueling it so I can help you, oh, well, I guess siphon the fuel tank to release it, to let it go. And this is the first step, is identification. Letting go will come later in the program, which we'll get to in a moment. So after I've got a good understanding of the first time, we'll probably have a little chat about other events, life events, connected and related events. All the things that you might think could be connected or might be worth mentioning just to help me get to know you a little bit better. And again, just checking on any other major emotions that may have come up. Now, when it comes to anxiety, fear is the big one. Fear is the number one emotion. 
that drives the problem. We're going to be checking to see what else for you individually other than fear, because person to person, it can change. Certainly fear could be part of it. But let me give you some other examples of emotions that I see and uncover working with anxiety. Embarrassment. Rejection. Feeling alone. Betrayal. Panic. Dread. Depression. Frustration, hopelessness, helplessness, worthlessness, resentment, maybe fear of failure, maybe fear of judgment, and maybe a fear of anxiety itself or a fear of panic itself. So the myriad of emotions that one could feel are rather vast and being solution focused change work that's tailor made for you to get your outcome. You're going to have all those answers and no need to worry. What if I don't know? You definitely do. And I've got the questions to make sure I can help you bring those to the surface so we can just make that change rapidly and easily together. So emotions are, are definitely important. And when we identify them, we have all of the targets to assist you to let it go. Beyond identifying negative emotions, we're also going to be looking at major limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs are simply programs of your mind. These are beliefs that do not serve you. Every belief that you have, positive and constructive or unresourceful and deconstructive, all produce, well, not just your behaviors, but ultimately your reality. They color the lens that you view your reality through and dictate the types of results that you produce whether they are wonderful results or the result of the problem in question. So I often refer to these beliefs just like apps on a smartphone. Now, most people these days have a smartphone and you think about the smartphone and the installation of an application. You go to the App Store or to the Google Play Store or whatever you're running, you download the app and then it sits somewhere. 
on the home screen or in a folder and from time to time you'll go and access it but whether you're accessing that or not it is installed now when it comes to your mind it's been installed into your unconscious common types of limiting beliefs that i see with clients in the context of anxiety could be well some of them i already mentioned earlier such as i have no confidence or I'm not coping. I'm not in charge of my life. If I have to go to this destination on my own, I'll feel anxious. If I'm in a social situation, I'll feel anxious. If I have to drive my car, I'll feel anxious or panicked. Or maybe it, it's when I'm with a certain group of people. Every time I do a presentation, I panic. Public speaking makes me anxious. I'm not sure where to turn or how to cope. Anxious is ultimately a belief. And as I often explain to clients when I have a chat to them, in the context of an initial consult, these beliefs, we can't see beyond them. So yeah, they, they do color the lens of our existence, but more to the point, as we can't see beyond them, they literally dictate our reality. They become self-fulfilling prophecies. They're these programs that is running in the background and even if we don't want them to happen, think of the iceberg model, the 5%, your conscious mind that doesn't want it to happen, and the 95%, your unconscious mind that's running the programs. Every time you are faced with a trigger, even if you don't want to be triggered, you've got a 5 versus 95 person tug of war. So when you feel like you're losing that tug of war and that you become overcome by these unwanted feelings and emotions and patterns of behavior. It's simply because, well, the scales are out of balance and they're always tipping in the favor of your unconscious mind. So trying to fight this consciously or fight it cognitively is futile to say the least. And this is why we work with your unconscious mind to remove these programs, to delete them, to update the software of your mind so you can run new programs. And when you're running those new programs, the problem disappears. So you can start to begin to see why it's important to spend some time getting to know you and your history so that I understand. I've got that clear picture and you understand and have that clear picture. And together we both know all the things that were out of your awareness. It might sound funny, but it's true that 
a lot of the time people don't know what's driving the problem. In fact, even though you know triggers, we're talking about the deeper structure of a problem. And I'll paraphrase myself here to say that, you know, if you really knew on the deepest level what the problem was, there would be no problem. If you were totally aware of what the problem was, there'd just be no problem. It's the fact that those things that are outside of your conscious awareness, those things that you don't know underneath the surface, those programs that were installed and are now running and are seemingly disconnected. When you're able to connect those unconscious dots, see them for what they are and make all of those neurological connections to shine the light on that darkness, shine the light on the shadows, well, you've got a whole new point of view. Interestingly enough, just by doing the process of sitting down and chatting and me asking a client all of these questions and them getting clarity on where what part of their history connects to point A, B and C of the problem and so on and so forth and these belief structures which are ultimately our truth and our reality. You see, all of your beliefs are your truth. They're what's real and they are your reality. And when you start to notice the beliefs that you hold that you actually created somewhere along the line that are now producing these problems, when you can see them now all laid out in one place, well, that can be healing in and of itself. And funnily enough, I work with clients where just from this chat, they can actually make a rather big transformation even before we get into any of the formal change work. Isn't that interesting? Just a bit of awareness and clarity that wasn't previously there. So we're going to get into the next step of the program in a moment. As I've gone into a bit of detail, I'm going to make this a two-part episode, maybe even four. We'll see. But I want to get through all the content so you've got that abundant level of clarity as we move into the process. Thanks for joining me for this episode of The Power of Practice. Be sure to like and subscribe, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and yeah, enjoy the content that's there. Until next time, keep growing and evolving. Ciao for now.